Last week when we were talking, it really helped me to realize that I want to have another goal as we explore this class, if for no other reason just than my own edification, and that's to think through how the gospel itself, how Jesus helps us to be a better friend, and how when we find that fulfillment in Christ, um, then we can offer ourselves in friendship better and even gain more uh, from our friendship. But we also want to talk about Paul and sort of talk about friendship through the lens of Paul and um, the friends that he had and how he dealt with some of the challenges of friendship and how the people in his life likely had to deal with some of the challenges of that friendship. Okay. Any, any thoughts before I dive into the Paul section? Right. Well, in the goal of this lesson series is that each lesson on its own provides independent value. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, we are wanting to kind of drive a narrative or drive a singular point through this. And I think that your goal to also include how the gospel prepares us for friendship and things like that is one form of that long-term mm-hmm. vision for the lesson series where we're it's like, it's not just that we're talking about carrying each other's burdens or talking about how it's hard work or anything like that, but it's uh, building toward a common goal. It's yeah. great. Well, and, and you brought up bearing each other's burdens, which is what we're going to talk about tonight, right. uh, and think through what does that mean to bear each other's burdens and, and some maybe some misunderstandings that people have when it comes to that term. But when we first started laying out our plans for this class and that phrase came up, Kevin sent me a lot of things that he wanted to talk about in regards to... Too many. No, not too many. No, no. <laughs> um, in regards to friendship and, and what, what sort of areas we could cover. And then I sort of paired those with stories from Paul's life and, and thought, okay, would this work with that? And the thing that came to my mind or the story or the, the friendship that came to my mind with Paul is the, is the relationship between Paul and Silas. We talk about bearing each other's burdens. And I, and I say that because... To be a friend with Paul would have been an incredibly challenging thing, um, not, not because of his personality necessarily. Last week, we kind of talked about maybe Barnabas and Paul having a, a different kind of personality, but it would have been hard to be friends with Paul because of what I would call the burden of his apostleship, that Paul's ministry, the specific and unique ministry to which Paul was called, had an incredible burden with it. In fact, when Jesus told Ananias to go and baptize Paul, uh, he said, go for he, this is Jesus talking to Ananias, go for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. That's Acts 9, 15 and 16. So from the get-go, Paul's ministry and Paul's apostleship was associated uh, with suffering. Uh, And sometimes when we're friends with someone, uh, it's challenging because of the unique burden that they have uh, because of their lifestyle or because of, you know, what they're called, the life they're called to live. Uh, But but that was certainly the case with Paul because everywhere Paul went, Everywhere that he preached, every town that he went into, his ministry, his apostleship brought scrutiny and rejection, persecution, imprisonment, and eventually, uh, eventually death. Um, and so when you think about someone like Silas who traveled with Paul, you got to imagine that it would be incredibly difficult. Um, we first read about uh, Silas in Acts 15. Um, he was sent from the church in Jerusalem 
to go back with Paul and Barnabas back to Antioch and work there. He's called a leader. He's called a prophet. Uh, It says that he did much to encourage and strengthen the believers, Acts 15 and verse 32. And then last week we talked about how Paul and Barnabas went on separate missionary journeys because they couldn't travel together uh, because of their disagreement. But Silas is the one who eventually went with Paul on his second missionary journey in Acts 16. And when they get to Philippi, they go over to Macedonia and they're in Philippi, they are, some of the words that it's used in Acts 16, they're attacked, they're stripped, they're beaten severely with rods, they're thrown into prison and their feet are put in stocks. And so I was just thinking through that, you know, here is Silas who sort of sent to to be with Paul and work with him. And then I'm sure a relationship and a friendship formed. And then when it was time to go on another missionary journey, Paul picked Silas to go with him and they go on this missionary journey and then they're attacked and stripped and beaten and imprisoned. And you you might think if it was you and I, if that's how how our Estonia mission trip went, I might be thinking... (laughs) Kevin, I don't know what you got me into here. Or you might be thinking, and I don't know why I brought Wes on this trip. <laughs> yeah, I brought Wes with me, and now we're getting beaten yes, for the first time. Yes, exactly, yeah. yes. It would have been okay had Wes not come. Right. Yeah. And so I, I think, you know, a lot of us would think, you know, if we were in a friendship with someone, and our, that friendship or being in a relationship with that person brought struggle and hardship to our life, that some of us might want to get out of that friendship or maybe even stay in the friendship but sort of resent the other person Mm -hmm. for the struggle that their life has sort of bled over onto or overflowed onto us. But, you know, all we see in Acts 16 and verse 25, and this is probably a passage people know well, but Acts 16, 25 says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And of course, there's an earthquake and, and uh, they're freed from prison. Uh, but you don't see, you know, who knows what, what all went on uh, between friends like this, but you don't see that sort of resentment or saying, look, it's just too much. And maybe, maybe some of the friends that Paul had in his life because a lot of them did eventually abandon him and he found himself alone at times. And maybe they did just find his ministry, his apostleship was just too heavy of a burden that they didn't want to share that burden with him and they didn't want to go with him on those journeys or be with him while he was in prison. And so they, they went their own way. But in moments like this, you see people that stuck with Paul and helped him to carry the burden that was his apostleship. Yeah, you know, that's absolutely true. And so I'm curious, are you hoping to go on with what you were talking about? No, there no, no, minutes? that's, yeah. Okay. Because what we see here in Paul and Silas specifically, I mean, what you're describing is that Silas was taking part in this burden mm-hmm. with Paul by being with him, right? That the things that happened to Paul also happened to him, which of course is something that we see Jesus talk about. It's like, if you come with me, you're going to carry your cross with right. you. You know, like you're going to be beaten for my sake. You're going to endure suffering for my sake, right? And that is certainly something to consider, a, a cost that we need to count. Like, mm-hmm. this is something I'm losing, is this sense of safety and security, mm-hmm. um, as the world would see it. But we have a different kind of security mm-hmm. in our salvation, of course. Um, and as we think about how this applies to our life, um, it, it's interesting because as you were talking, it's like, well, who 
can we be around that has a similar kind of burden? Not necessarily that a, it's a specific burden for Christ where you know, they're in danger because of, uh, because of our faith. Mm-hmm. But there are certainly people that we can be around to become friends with that experience unique challenges mm. that by us being friends with them, we will experience some of these things with them. Mm. I, I think when you think about people or children or adults with disabilities, where people can look at them and recognize that something is different or something is, mm-hmm. uh, is off, um, it, that is something that you are taking on with them right. by being their friend. And I think that's actually a really beautiful example in the Bible of how somebody does this, how somebody can choose mm-hmm. to go be with somebody. Um, and I think that's something we need to take for ourselves, absolutely. But I, I think this subject in particular of sharing each other's burdens, it can be sometimes narrowed too much to think it's, it's actually just like anytime we have a shared burden, mm-hmm. right? Whenever we're, on maybe on the same sports team or maybe we're doing a group project say like this is a shared burden but we all know that in group projects we've got some people that work really hard mm-hmm. and some people that kind of let other people do this mm-hmm. right and so sharing that burden in that sense doesn't lead to the sense of camaraderie like even though there's some level like oh we're kind of doing this together um, but whenever there's somebody that is sharing that burden with you that is allowing you to carry all of the burden by yourself, then that, of course, breeds some resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're the person that is slacking off and you're kind of missing out on the opportunity to grow yourself, and you're not really creating a closer bond there, and I don't think that's what the Bible's really talking about when it comes to sharing burdens. Not that I think the Paul and Silas example isn't useful because it, it's incredibly useful. Um, but it, I don't think it's the same as developing a sense of camaraderie mm. of trying to do this same thing together. I think it really is about how we share specific burdens to us with the other person, mm-hmm. right? And say, well, you know, I've got this problem in my life. I, like I need to take care of an elderly person and I can't do this by myself all the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. right? Or I've got this relationship in my life that is tearing me apart and I don't know what the right thing to do is and I need some support, mm-hmm. right? And th- that would be an example of burdens that we do share. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it's good for us to kind of identify like what these differences are between sharing burdens mm-hmm. and um, sharing a burden, mm-hmm. right? Because it whenever we share burdens, there's a different kind of opportunity to be supportive. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that makes me think back to the Paul and Barnabas ex- or Paul and Silas example, because, you know, there are some struggles and challenges that are universal as Christians that we all have. And we all, like you said, when you choose to be a follower of Jesus, there's, there's some cost to that. There's some burden that we all share. And I think if I'm understanding you correctly, you know, that that's that, that shared burden and a common goal that we have. And we're all driving towards that and, you know, helping to do our part within the body of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then you have 
a, a situation like Paul and, and his apostleship and his ministry is really specific to him. Yeah. And really, and, and you brought out something that really, you know, I hadn't really thought about. And that's the challenge of asking someone or allowing someone to come into that. Because that's a very difficult thing. Yeah. If Paul knows I have to suffer, my life is going to be one of suffering. And if I invite somebody else into it, yes, yeah. it's going to help me, but it's going to put them, it's, it's sort of why the, the superhero never yeah. wants to have too many close relationships because right. being Superman's friend means you're, you're in danger target, too, right? you know? And so, and so, but Paul allowed people to step into that and help him and encourage him and walk with him in that, even though it caused them suffering. Well, it puts a very different kind of tension whenever Paul's asking somebody to go with him. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, man, you want to go get stoned with me? <laughs> right. Not that kind of stone, different kind. But, <laughs> but it's like, do you want to go get drawn close to death yeah. with me? Yeah. Like, no, I don't really want to do that. But of course, many people make this decision to mm -hmm. go with Paul. Yeah. Right, and I think the faith of those people is really admirable. Yeah, it's like I want to go and get and put myself at risk because uh, this mission is so important. Yeah, well, and, and you brought up you know other other examples that we might find ourselves in. You know, whether it's somebody that's caring for a loved one, you know, perhaps it's someone that's caring for an aging parent. To be a friend of someone who's care, who's a full time caretaker for a family member, yeah. to be their friend means stepping into that and helping them with their burdens. And Absolutely. sometimes that can be hard for the friend, but sometimes that can be hard for the caretaker who's allowing people to share that burden, to share their yeah. burden, to come into their life and say, "No, no, no, I love you, and I want to help you with this. I want to lighten your load." And sometimes. Sometimes we don't want, we don't allow other people to step into our life and help us with those things. We say, no, 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 that's not fair. This is all mine. I've got to carry it all. And we try to shield people and we really isolate ourselves and try to hold on to that burden ourselves. Right. Well, and I think that's the big lesson to take away from this is that there are two different roles here. It's like there's the role of taking on somebody else's burden mm -hmm. onto yourself and kind of sharing that with them. But in some cases, taking it away. Right, and then there's that other role of having that support being given to you, mm -hmm. right? And I, I think both of those roles are actually incredibly difficult, right? And I was thinking earlier, it's like it's, it reminded me of Jesus saying it's better to give than, or better to receive, or excuse me, better to give yeah. than receive, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, it kind of goes along those lines where it feels a lot nicer when you get to be the strong one. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like I am strong right now, and I can use my strength in a good way yeah. for my brother or my sister or anybody. It's like I can do this for them because they're important, mm -hmm. right? But whenever you are the weak one, that doesn't feel good in the same way. But I want to caution there because it, even though it doesn't feel good in the same way, it does feel incredibly good to be supported. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to feel ashamed of the joy that comes of out of being mm -hmm. supported, mm -hmm. right? And and somebody I, I forget where I first heard this, but I've heard multiple people say things like this: "You can't rob somebody of the blessing of giving to you," and that's a hard thing because, like, like you said, on on the one hand, when someone helps you with something, when somebody sees you and they say, 
Kevin, you're, you're struggling under that burden. Let me help you. Mm -hmm. There's a, a humility that has to be accepted in that I need help and I have to allow them to help me with this burden that I'm carrying. And so on the one hand, it's challenging. And so our temptation is to say, no, 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 I got it, I'm strong, I can carry this, yeah. and, and to carry it. But what we're doing, not only are we depriving ourselves of the help and the support, but we're also depriving them of the opportunity. Like you said, Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And if it's a blessing for them to give to me, and I say, no, 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 you can't give to me. Yeah. I, I'm too stubborn or I'm too proud or, or I don't want your help. I want to carry this by myself. Then we rob them of the opportunity of helping us with that burden. Right. Well, and it almost reminds me a little bit of something Augustine wrote where it's like, whenever I'm encouraged, I feel good. It makes me prideful. Mm. Right. But I, at the same time, it's good for my brothers to encourage me. Yeah. And so should I stop them? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, Augustine can miss the point sometimes. I think this maybe is an example of him missing the point. Yeah. Whereas, like, maybe it's okay that you feel good when people say nice things to yeah. you. You yeah. know, it's like it, it's probably a good thing. And there's a there is a small difference between feeling good, and encouraged, and loved, mm -hmm. and feeling prideful, mm -hmm. right? And, and I think that we do need to be careful of thinking too much of ourselves because someone's nice to us, mm -hmm. but there's a middle ground there that yeah. we, we need to be going for. And so whenever you're talking about like, well, am I going to take this away from somebody, it, the opportunity to bless me, um, I think it's an interesting thought to develop. Um, a lot of the time, what I will do personally when somebody's trying to help me with something I'm clearly not doing very well or clearly struggling with is I'll just kind of offhand say, well, I like to suffer or I like to, I like to work really hard and like there's something about this struggle that's valuable to me, right? And I I can recognize that that over time has done harm to, to me, where I've been like, well, I just kind of get used to having physical difficulties in completing tasks or being in pain or something like that. And instead of, you know, allowing somebody to come in and to take that away from me, um, I almost take pride in that suffering, mm, yeah. right? And I think that's a, a very relatable experience for many people, and especially whenever you know, I'm exposed to many people that are actively in suffering. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's without an ounce of irony in my statements, I'll encourage them to get support. Well, at the same time, that's not something I do very well myself. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we can spend the next little bit kind of discussing how to do this, yeah, right? Because I think it's important in any sort of lesson that we talk about application, but first talk about definition. Yeah. And so I, I hope that we have substantially defined this issue in our lives. Mm -hmm. and, and so maybe taking a look at each of these different roles, both the supporter and the supportee, mm -hmm. and, and you know, well, how do we accomplish this task yeah. of uh, bearing each other's burdens? So maybe first, to talk about the person trying to be a support. Mm -hmm. um, it, you mentioned maybe a, a few different situations that can exist that someone would need support in, like caring for a sick relative or um, like having way too many kids at home and not knowing, it, and not having Not that there is relief. such thing as too many kids, right? But 
Right now, I it think everyone disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think there's 100% too many kids at home throughout the day for many people. Yeah, right most now. people right now, as we're recording this, are being stuck at, stuck at home with with, right. all, with all their kids. Right. Yeah. My wife. Even right if they now have one, alone. they feel like that's too many. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And and part of that is just routine schedule sure. and all that. But whenever it comes to those things in their life, the only way we're going to learn about it is through conversation, right? And so of the friends you have, you know, of the people that you could be closer to or want to be closer to or anything like that, engaging with them in conversation about what their daily life looks like, right? So it's not just like, well, how are you doing? And then accepting their answer and walking away, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. Like we all have these conversations in passing that are designed to be short, two or three word mm-hmm. conversations, which is okay. I, I think it's good to greet people, right? Sure. So it's like, I'm like, hey, hey, Wes, how are you doing? And you're like, I'm fine, great. And so how are you? I'm fine, great. So like, okay, that's appropriate, but we don't need to confuse that with the closeness sure. or a good conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a greeting. So yes, greetings are good, but whenever we are asking about their daily life, that is kind of a way to understand what their world looks like, mm-hmm. right? And they'll provide these details, like, well, usually I do this, right? And some people will be resistant to that and say, well, you know, I go to work, I can go home, go to sleep. I'm like, okay, that's all you <laughs> want to talk about. But you'll notice even in those cases, they mentioned work mm-hmm. and they mentioned home. Mm-hmm. You can follow up on both of those. Like, well, what's work like? What do you do? Okay. And then they'll say, well, I just, you know, I go there, I manage some things, I go back. And like, okay, well, if you're being resistant, it's okay to allow them that space, mm-hmm. right? It, this isn't the sort of thing where you're just like, well, no, you have to give me every detail because Kevin said I had to ask every detail. Like, no, like, it's best to be relaxed about this a little yeah. bit, but giving them that opportunity to share with you what their daily life looks like mm-hmm. can help you identify these areas of need, Right. And then asking follow-up questions whenever they give you additional detail, something like, you know, what's it like to do that? Or like, what, what would you say your favorite part is? Or what, I guess, a lot of times they'll color it kind of with an evaluative statement. Like, oh, you know, I like to do this. I don't like to do that. Like, this is fun. Or I kind of enjoy this part of my work, but I really don't enjoy this part of my work. Mm-hmm. So asking follow-up and kind of, clarifying questions about what it is that makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. Something like that can be a good way to edge people a little bit deeper mm-hmm. there. Um, and, and with the purpose in mind of this kind of conversation be to kind of identify these areas of need. Mm-hmm. Right? If it's somebody you already know pretty well, then it's likely that you already know these areas of mm-hmm. need. Right? And with that being the case, then you're going to ask them about those areas of need just be like, how can I be helpful for this? Like right now, there's no toilet paper on the shelves in most stores in, in the area. And okay, great. Asking, I've been asking every one of my friends and clients and people I'm talking to, is like, how are you doing on toilet paper? Mm-hmm. I have some extra, mm-hmm. right? It's so like I basically taking that opportunity. Now you just put that out. Uh, I did, yeah. So Kevin's got some extra toilet paper. Um, <laughs> what <to> Kevin's house? <laughs> That's right. You can come to my house. We got... We have like 12, 12 rolls extra, so it's a limited supply. Um, but, you know, with that being the case, 
I'm aware of a potential need mm -hmm. in people's lives and yeah. I'm asking about that. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times that can be kind of an anxiety producing topic, not that topic specifically, but just kind of like the thought of prying into somebody's life, mm -hmm. especially if you're a private person. Yeah. Uh, that can be difficult. They call, what if they don't really like that? But I, I think the reality is even the resistant people will take notice that you were interested in them mm -hmm. and it will matter to them that you did. Any feedback on any of that? Well, and, and you know, that you said that, you know, there might be some anxiety about asking those types of questions because we feel like we're prying. And another thing that I feel like maybe there's a reason why we don't ask those kind of questions is because we don't feel like we might be able to help with that burden if mm -hmm. we if we uncover it. You know, it's like the we were kind of joking about the toilet paper situation in a way. But you know that if you offer to too many people, hey, anybody need any help? And then you know, twenty four people say, yeah, I need some help. And you're like, well, I only have enough it's for got twelve. Half a roll. So, so yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I I feel like that's true in a lot of areas in our life where we don't have the margin where we don't feel like we have margin in our life to be able to help with anybody's burdens. We feel like we're just making it, you know, and I hope nobody asks me for help because I don't know that I can do any more. And so we just, we stretch ourselves so thin yeah. that, that we're afraid if I ask them, how are you doing? And they say, not very well. I really need somebody to watch my kids for me. Right. We're like, oh, well, I can't do that, you know? And so we're, right. we just don't dig in because we don't feel like we have enough to share. Right. Well, in being mindful of your scope, like what you're capable of mm -hmm. doing is really important. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, I'm not going to, well, I, I mean, I already did this, but I didn't intend to advertise to hundreds of people right. like toilet paper. I have all the toilet paper you need. Right. Right. But at the same time, like if somebody is in need, like that's the kind of thing that they now know I, they can follow up with me on about. But, you know, I, Whenever you're asking about these questions, be mindful of your yeah. limits, yeah. right? It's like, well, I will inquire about this. And if they tell me they need someone to watch their kids, and I know I just can't do it, following up about that, it's like, well, okay, let's think about who we could talk to, yeah. Yeah. right? Like drawing alongside them mm -hmm. to kind of like help to take some of that burden it is basically as, as well as you can do there. Yeah. Right, and maybe going back to Paul and Silas' example, like Silas could not take that burden of apostleship away from Paul, mm -hmm. right? And right. so Silas instead was like, well, I mean, I can't take it away from you, but I can go with you. You don't yeah. need to be alone yeah. in this, right? And, and so maybe that brings a light back on to where I said, like, th this is kind of a lesser form of the instruction here, but sometimes that's what we can do, mm -hmm. right? It's like, it's clearly lesser for me to share in it with you, but there's still tremendous value mm -hmm. in being accessible in that way to people. Yeah. yeah that's a really good point um, that, <laughs> that you brought up, and thanks for helping me well, through I, that. I, I think your point was really good, too. No, whatever. <laughs> a, but <laughs> I just want to make sure I clarified that I wasn't just like, man, Kevin, that was so good. Emitting yeah. yourself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, the up. empty room, you have to do that sometimes. That's so. right. You got to go on the comment section on the live stream and just be like, yeah, when? That was so smart. What, what a good follow-up there. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I think being mindful of your scope is so yeah. important. Yeah. It's like it, I can do this, I can't do that. But not allowing that to, to prevent you from asking mm -hmm. is, is the point yeah. of this. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm asking because you're important to me 
And even if I can't be helpful in the way that you're expecting or the way that you're hoping for, I want to be helpful in some different way. Mm-hmm. Right. And if for no other benefit but to be an encouragement. Yeah. yeah. And even to be an advocate on someone's behalf, yeah. you know, even to come alongside and say, um, you know, I can't help you, but I know somebody who can, and I'm going to talk to them on your behalf and, and advocating for someone's situation. Because as we've already talked about, it's hard to say, I need help with this. And if somebody has, you know, revealed that to you, they may not be comfortable revealing that to a lot of people, but if they have you to advocate on their behalf, it can be a tremendous blessing. And you might be able to find the person who can lift that burden, even if it's not you. Yeah, I I think that's definitely true, that, that we can provide that advocacy and we can be the person that helps them find that other person. Mm -hmm. Right. And and I think that's a task we need to take on to ourselves in, in basically in sharing that burden with them. And, you know, like you said, where they may not be comfortable talking about this with other people, there are ways to be an advocate and to be helpful to people that does not air their dirty laundry Mm -hmm. for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Like that, that doesn't expose them yeah. unnecessarily yeah. to uh, to potential scrutiny, mm-hmm. but also um, just to kind of taking away their privacy mm-hmm. when maybe it was very difficult for them to share with yeah, you. Yeah, that's a great point. And so checking in with them saying like, well, I'd like to be helpful for you here. Would you like for me to ask around for some people mm-hmm. that I know can be discreet Absolutely. about these things to yeah. kind of identify? Because if we're not careful in trying to help, we can end up hindering, we can actually end up making their burden greater and increasing their anxiety, increasing their, the labor that they're having to put forward yeah. by exposing what is going on in their life to more people. And so we have right. to seek what's truly in their best interest. Sometimes I think that we, we just want to be helpful and so we mm-hmm. feel better about trying to help when we're not actually looking at the end result and saying, is this actually helping that person? Yeah, well, and I think that's a really interesting line of discussion and one that we will address better in a, in a future class. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want people to know that that's something we're looking at um, is like how to manage your reaction to be most helpful and how to gain insight into this person's situation even whenever they don't give us very much detail. Mm-hmm. Like those are both separate classes we'll be dealing with later, um, but I know later whenever I'm kind of reviewing this for myself, I think, oh, that was a missed opportunity to talk about something important. Like, yes, it is so important that we need to follow we'll up back, on yeah. this in more detail. Um, but yeah, the, it is mind, it's good to be mindful of what your reaction is going to be, mm-hmm. and it's um, good to be mindful that more can be going on than you'd anticipate. Mm-hmm. And having some patience and grace with yourself to experience a shortcoming mm-hmm. in, in your own reaction and in your own uh, ability to, to minister to these people mm-hmm. is, I think, actually really key to being remaining in good spirits and continuing to do this yeah. even whenever you experience a, a difficult time. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, any other input that you have on how to do this as a supporter? No, that's really helpful stuff to think okay. through how we ask those questions and follow up with people. Okay. Do you think we went deep enough or maybe not deep enough, maybe do you think we went exhaustively enough into different methods of uh, kind of approaching this with people? 
Yeah, I, I, it's, it's so much situational dependent, you know, and, and I think that that's, there's, I, I feel like, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I feel like so many of these things, it depends on the situation, it depends on, on the person, it depends on who we are and whether or not, yeah. you know, we're connecting well with that person and, you know, the depth of the friendship we already have established mm-hmm. because there's, there's a certain amount of trust that comes with revealing our burdens to someone that, that we haven't necessarily established yet with a person. So you, you can't just walk up to somebody in, in Walmart yeah. and say, you know, hey, how are you doing? You know, tell me about your mother-in-law. You know, I mean, it's so, so there, we, right. we, we establish a certain amount of trust with someone before yeah. they're willing to reveal to us what they're struggling with and, and even allow us to wade into that with them. Right. Well, in yeah, I think that line of thinking r- reminds me of two other classes we're looking at you know, doing here in the next several weeks. And so I, I think it, it is beautiful, I think, to see how this all will run together. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully um, it doesn't seem repetitive, and that's something we intentionally are working to avoid. But I love what you talked about, about like recognizing the limit of your capability of doing this too soon. With yeah, somebody, yeah. right, and you have to develop that relationship to uh, even begin to be a true support to them in, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are still people at church and at at work and things like that that <clears throat> have these public kind of situations, right, right, right. Where it's like they it is public knowledge that mm-hmm. they lost somebody, or it is public knowledge that they have a child um, that with special needs, right, right. And if that's the case, then the sorts of follow-up you can have can be more specific. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I know that you have a child with special needs. Do you mind if I pick up the groceries for you one time? Mm-hmm. Right, and I know you've lost somebody. I'd love to just watch your kids for you so you can take care of things that you need to take care of that maybe the kids aren't helpful with, right? And so, like, being mindful of those public um, issues that someone yeah. might be dealing with and thinking of specific things that could be helpful. Mm-hmm are really important. And that kind of leads to this specific balance we need to have between being, uh, basically being too assertive and being not assertive enough, mm-hmm. right? Where it can be like, you start to have this conversation, you're so excited to help, and you're so excited, like you're so interested, and you're, like, it's so important to you that you kind of overwhelm the situation. Right. Where it's like you're asking tons and tons of questions, follow-up questions, mm-hmm. And it seems very forced, right? And that's a situation that you know a lot of people can get into, mm-hmm. especially if they tend to be just assertive people. Mm-hmm. And you know, on the other side of this, I think it's important not to not to think poorly on somebody that does that, mm-hmm. because it's coming from a good place, right. right? Right. They want to be helpful, right? And maybe it's also useful for us to not not get so disappointed that somebody isn't reaching out to us because it could likely be the other. It's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know what I can do to help, like you mentioned right. earlier, and like it's just too much um, for me. And, it, and I, I'm sure I couldn't be helpful to them in any way. Mm-hmm. So kind of <clears throat> encouraging yourself to say the first thing like we've been talking about is important. And then giving them that space to assert themselves mm-hmm. is a second importance, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, it comes after, but maybe it's similarly important. And that can be a really difficult thing to do. 
if you notice that you are very talkative in conversations, then I'd encourage you to take a moment and allow silence in these conversations and see what happens. You might find that the other person has more to say than you would expect. You might find that the things that they do say are kind of exciting and interesting to you, right? Because we talked about how some people have a really difficult time opening up about themselves. Well, similarly, other people have a difficult time allowing that silence, right? And it may be disturbing to them as it's disturbing to the person who keeps themselves. Like, they might not like getting all these questions mm -hmm. and getting all these comments and, and all of that. The other side of that is the person might not understand, might be, like, confused. Like, why does nobody talk to me about what's going on for them? Mm -hmm. And that kind of person can be really verbose, like really talkative and have a lot of things to say. And with that kind of personality, they're kind of creating this situation where they don't even allow room for the other half of that conversation. So maybe that's something else it's good to be mindful of yeah. as a supporter is to kind of like keep, a, keep an eye on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And again, we'll talk about that more in the managing your own reaction kind of section. Yeah. Okay. Um, so unless you have any other comments, we'll move on to the next bit. Okay. So how are we doing on time? We're getting pretty close. Goodness. <laughs> okay. So we'll try to move quickly. Back. Yeah, it sure does. So whenever you're trying to be supported, and you know, this is one where I'm, I'm talking to myself in a very, very important way. It's like, and I think it's difficult to be supported for both kinds of people I mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. maybe the one that shares a lot and the one that shares very little. As a person, as a person that shares very little, I think part of that is to recognize that just as there's value and endurance and strength and faith, and things of that nature, things that help you survive things where you aren't going to have any help. Um, recognize that even if for a time you haven't had the support you'd hoped for and you knew there was nobody that was going to say anything or do anything nice for you about whatever it is you're struggling with, that that is not necessarily true for the rest of your life. Hmm. Right? That may have been true for a time, but it's not likely true forever. Mm -hmm. And so don't stop trying to bring people into your inner circle. Mm -hmm. Don't stop trying to uh, draw them in, right? And so as you're doing that, as you're becoming braver and you're saying, like, this is something that happened to me today, even mm -hmm. if it's not important, it's like saying anything that happened to me today, um, at least for me, that, that can be kind of difficult. Mm -hmm. Like, God, oh, no one cares about this. Like, well, maybe not, but doesn't mean they'll mind, right? It's not the same as them. It, like, just because they're not asking doesn't mean they would be bothered by you sharing yourself, Yeah. right? And so, you know, that's that kind of person. And if you're the kind of person that has an easier time talking but feels like you don't know how to get supported, allowing yourself a moment to slow down mm -hmm. right? and be like, well, this is probably what I should ask for. Mm. Um, and this is something I'm dealing with that's specific and here's maybe a specific way that somebody can be helpful to me and just 
asking for it, yeah. um, which can be kind of scary, but you know, it can be so valuable to see that other people do care and want mm. to bear this burden mm. for you or with you. Yeah. I love that on both sides, you're encouraging people to take the initiative, that yeah. both on the side of wanting to be helpful and to have a friendship where you're helping someone else with their burden, and yeah. when you need someone to help you with your burden, both people have to take responsibility for taking that initiative, because yeah. otherwise, it's too easy to sit there and say, well, if they, if they needed me, they'd ask, or to say, if they cared, they would ask. You know, and to say, no, 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 you have to put yourself out there. You have to, to step up and say something. Right. Well, and I think a lot of times we imagine that other people think and feel the same things that we do. Mm, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when that's happening, you're like, well, don't they know how much I'm suffering? I'm like, well, probably not. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it may not be particularly obvious, right, that it is something you're dealing with. And it's something I've definitely heard about myself. It's like, well, I could never tell that, th that you struggle with these things or mm -hmm. that thing. It's like, well yeah, I've trained myself to not demonstrate that, right? And many people are in the same boat. Yeah. And so rather than assuming that other people know and being so upset with them for not following up with you about something they don't know about, mm -hmm. um, to, taking that time to allow other people in is really important. Yeah. And similarly, whenever you have an easier time sharing and feeling like, well, no one no one is really helping me. Sometimes it can seem like, well, they talk so much and it seems like they have so many ideas. I'm not sure what I could offer. Mm. Right. And so kind of giving them the specific ideas of how they can be helpful to you can be really important. Yeah. And as a supporter being you know, mindful that other people are dealing with things you can't tell Yeah. and following up and asking yeah. and maybe identifying just a few people in your life that that could be good for. And kind of going beyond that, checking in on people. Like for me, if I can name five or six friends somebody has, then it just like in my mind really quickly, then that may, that person might have a slightly lower priority for mm. like, mm. Not, not that they're less important, but that it maybe is not as important that I Check yeah, in on them. Because they have that support right, system. Right, because they have Hopefully. somebody else. But yeah. they're kind of going through in your own mind, being like, well, who doesn't? Like, mm -hmm. who do I know that doesn't have these friends? So, like, anytime somebody, something happens to somebody, one of my first thoughts is like, well, who are their friends? Mm -hmm. who, do I, who do I know that would follow up with them? And if I'm able to name several, then I allow myself to step back mm -hmm. there. Right? It's probably not my responsibility mm -hmm. to do this. And we want to kind of avoid a bystander effect there. Like, ah, oh, somebody will do this. Sure, sure. Right? But not if you if you are aware of other people being helpful, mm -hmm. then maybe supporting that supporter instead yeah. of supporting yeah. the person that needs the support. Yeah, it can be really important. Yeah, definitely. Okay, does that cover the points you wanted to make? Uh, I, well, it seems Most like I can go on forever. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted finish. to close by by bringing it back to the gospel because in all of these things that we've been saying, it reminds me that on the one hand, Jesus bore our burdens when we were weak. Yeah. And so if there's any amount of pride in us that says, well, I can't reveal the fact that I'm weak and I'm not strong enough, the very, the very act of becoming a Christian is admitting our weakness and allowing Jesus to bear those burdens for us. So it should help to humble us and to take away that pride so that we become more comfortable saying, 
I need help. Because we say that as a Christian, becoming a Christian and every day as a Christian, we say to the Lord, I need help. And if we can say to the Lord, I need help, then we ought to be able to say to each other that we need help. Yeah. But then also, you know, I was thinking about Romans 15 that says, we who are strong. So when we're strong, when we're knowledgeable and we have understanding is specifically what he's talking about. But in any area of strength, when we are strong, we have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it's written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And so it's just this reminder that when we're weak, the gospel gives us the strength to ask for help, but then at the same time, when we're strong, the gospel also teaches us to do for others what Jesus has done for us. He bore with us in our weakness, and so we bear with each other in, in, our weakness, in each other's weaknesses, and, and that's just what being a Christian is. It's finding the people that need the help and the support, and also reaching out and allowing people to help us and support us when we're weak. So, man, Kevin, I appreciate you. all your thoughts. I want to close with a prayer real quick and um, pray for everybody that's going through a difficult time because everybody has a heavy burden right now to bear. And, and I hope that if there's anything with which we can help you here at the church, please reach out to us because we'd love to, to pray with you and encourage you, but also to help you with any of the needs that you might have, especially during this difficult time. So let's pray. Father God, we were so incredibly thankful that Jesus has been the one to bear our burdens and that he has lifted us up when we're weak. And Father, now that we find some strength through the Spirit, we pray, Father, that you help us to use that strength uh, to bear the burdens of others and to look for the people that might not have the support system that they need, to encourage them, to ask how we might help. Um, and also, Father, to have the, the, the strength and the humility to ask for help when we need it and to, to look for people that might be able to help us to carry the burdens that are just too heavy to carry. Father, many people in our community and in our world are struggling right now, and you know our burden, and we ask that you lift it and that you help us to carry one another's burdens and to be a blessing to each other. Father, thank you for Kevin and for the blessing he's been to me and to all of us tonight. Father, thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.